WHYY and Billy Penn, it is hitting season. Hey there, podcast pals. I'm John Stolness from The Good Fight and Billy Penn. You can follow me on X Twitter at John Stolness. And coming up, we're going to talk about some hot stove stuff with one of my favorite guests that we have on the podcast every once in a while, the great Ryan Fagan from the Sporting News. We'll get into all of the latest Phillies rumors and what they could still end up doing here uh, as the winter meetings are just a week away. So the hot stove is going to start to really heat up. And we're already starting to see some things happening along the periphery. Of course, the Phillies having already gotten a big fish uh, into the boat with Aaron Nola. But what else could the Phillies end up doing and some other big players and, and movers and shakers around the league. We're going to get into all that stuff with Ryan Fagan coming up here in just a second. But first, just let me direct you to the Billy Penn Hitten Season landing page. BillyPenn.com slash Hitten Season. That's where we have all of our blog posts about the Phillies regarding the podcast and going along with the podcast. You know, it's just a great place for you to really just hunker yourself down and get some good Phillies content there. And of course, you can read all of my stuff at The Good Fight as well. I have an article on Juan So. The pros and the cons and the red herrings involving a Juan Soto trade. All that stuff can be found at The Good Fight as well. So the hot stove now as we are at the end of November. We are in full-on Christmas season mode, and uh, we're starting to see some more signings now around Major League Baseball. Of course, the Phillies made the first big splash of the offseason. Didn't feel like as quite a big a splash to us because it was one of our own with the Aranola signing. And, and the rest of the hot stove, you know, Sonny Gray signs with the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals have been busy signing a couple other free agent starting pitchers, which we've talked about on the podcast previously. But generally around baseball, the real big names, uh, the big names we're going to see in free agency, the big Trades that could possibly come down to seeing a lot of smoke, a lot of rumors, but nothing concrete happening yet. Of course, the winter meetings uh, just a, a week away, so uh, that is when we're expecting a lot of things to happen. But joining me to talk about the state of the hot stove and where things are and some of the things the Phillies have done and may do over these next couple of weeks and months is good buddy Ryan Fagan, national baseball writer for the Sporting News. Uh, he's going to join us to talk about hot stove stuff. Ryan, thanks for coming back on Hitting Season. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well, John. I'm doing well. I always enjoy the chats here. Yeah, I always love talking to you as well. And I know you're based out of St. Louis, uh, cover a lot of Cardinals. And uh, I know with Aaron Nola, at the start of the offseason, Ryan, we were concerned in Philadelphia, at least those of us who wanted Aaron Nola back, because there is a strong vocal minority of Phillies fans who just didn't want any more of Aaron Nola. Um, but uh, <laughs> for those of us who wanted him back, the Cardinals, I thought, were going to be a serious player for him at the start of the offseason. And uh, it didn't really turn out to be the case. And instead, the Cardinals have gone in a different direction with their pitching staff so can you tell me what was your thoughts on a what the Phillies ended up giving Aaron Nola what do you think about the deal and his return to Philadelphia and then I'm curious as someone who's kind of more clued into the Cardinals than, than I am why they decided not to go in that direction you know, I, first of all with, with Aaron Nola like if, if I'm listing off the, the the four or five pitchers that I would choose to start a rotation around. He is way up at the top there. I don't know. I'm not, he's not number one, but you know, he's, he's top five, certainly, certainly top eight um, just because of the consistency, you know, and it's not just that he's consistently a, you know, a four and a half, five year a guy that gives you 180 to 200 innings. I mean, he's, he's elite. You know, I know, I know his numbers were down a little bit in, in 23, but you know, he's still a guy that you feel like, Every time he's out there, he gives you a chance to win, and that's in the regular season when you're facing, you know, the Colorado Rockies at, at home, and that's in the postseason when you're facing the best teams out there. And you know, he just to me is a guy that is is built for those stages, you know. And I for the Phillies, I think it was it was huge to bring him back. I think that 
when he got to the point that he was going to become a free agent, look, I was a little surprised they didn't lock him up before that, but they didn't, that they let him get to that stage. Cause a lot of times guys will get to that stage and then they're like, okay, well, all of a sudden these, these potential scenarios that, you know, were bandied about in your, in your brain become a reality and you, you act on that. But I think in Nola's case, it just always felt like it was a, it would have been, it would have felt weird to see him in another uniform, right? And I know he's not a guy who's been there for 20 years and isn't playing his 21st year there. Um, but Aaron Nola feels like Philly, right? I mean, the, the biggest yeah. moments, you know, in, in Philly's history, he's been there. You know, here's Zach Wheeler, who's an, another guy who's on that short list, a guy I should pick. Um, you know, as for the Cardinals, look, to me, I, I just, I always had a hard time seeing them winning any sort of bidding war right yeah with pitching and i know they they talked about it they talked about we're going to go get three starters we're going to do all this stuff we've got to make a a big a big change and you know to me the the bigger you know coming into the offseason the bigger threat to the phillies was were the red sox you know coming in and, and going after there and then as we saw the the braves were right in that mix too and i think atlanta saw what what happened and they you know, for, for the Braves, Aaron Nola not only represented a chance to uh, strengthen their team, but a chance to weaken the team that's knocked them out the past two years. So I see why Atlanta would have been willing to overpay for Aaron Nola just to keep him away from Philadelphia. Yeah. So that made a lot of sense to me. Um, and in the end, you know, the Cardinals, look, they, they said they were going to add three starters from outside the organization, and they did exactly that. They did that before the calendar even rolled in December. So, you know, kudos, but they did it kind of in the same way. You know I mean? I, look, I, I love Sonny Gray. And I thought that the deal that they gave Sonny Gray was fantastic to get him locked up for three years with a club option for a fourth. So you're not locked into paying for that age 38 season was great. You know, he's a great addition to the top of that rotation. Uh, Lance Lynn and, and Kyle Gibson, you know, we'll, we'll see, you know, I know they threw a lot of innings this last year, but you know, I mean, they're going to be 36, 37 next year. I'm just not sure you can count on that. And to me, if the Cardinals are done with that rotation, it's, it's better, but it's not great. You know, Mm -hmm. it's better. It gets them in the, in the mix of the NL central because look, so many of the issues last year and look, everything went wrong. Last year was a a complete disaster for in, in so many ways. But they weren't that far from being a bad team. It's it's hard when your starters have an ERA of like five and a half in the first innings. You're constantly playing from behind, and you're constantly feeling like you've got to hit a three-run home run with nobody up, and it's hard to yeah. just play moment to moment. Um, so this gets them out of that, but is is that rotation good enough to, to run through October? No, it, it's just not. So we'll see if they're done. They, they, they might be. <laughs> they probably mm-hmm. are, but we'll see. Yeah, well, uh, I they just uh, when in a in a time when many other, especially the Phillies, a lot of organizations are looking for swing and miss guys. The Cardinals don't seem to have a lot of that, but I do think they raise their floor. Um, whether it raised their ceiling yeah. necessarily, we'll we'll see in a in a division that's been you talk about one division that's been very busy so far uh, this offseason, the National League Central. Uh, has has certainly uh, been a little bit busy. Um, kind of looking more towards uh, the the trade rumor mill. I think there's been a little bit more action, or at least a little bit more conversation on, on the trade market right now. Um, seems as though I'm going to talk about. I'm going to give you three names. Um, 
All of them are outfielders. And the reason why I'm interested in these guys is because the Phillies right now with Bryce Harper moving to first base full-time, Kyle Schwarber moving to the DH spot full-time, the Phillies seem to have an opening in left field for something. Um, you know, right. I don't I don't know if it's going to be for kind of like a Jock Peterson type, Adam Duvall uh, type guy like that, or could they swing a trade for one of these three players? You've got Juan Soto, whose name is in conversations. And I know there's a lot of buzz between the Yankees and Juan Soto right now. Um, I saw there was a report that came out yesterday from a Rays writer talking about Randy Arozarena could be on the trade market. And uh, we've heard uh, uh, Luis Robert Jr.'s name uh, mentioned. Uh, Chicago White Sox star young outfielder could be potentially uh, uh, an option out there for anybody looking to add a star outfielder. Because, Ryan, I think you would agree, there doesn't seem to be a, a real high-impact, say, corner outfielder out there for a team maybe like the Phillies or a team that has an opening for a corner outfielder to go out and, and, and spend money on this, this offseason. Is that right? Yeah, that, that's absolutely right. You know, and I think that's the reason you're seeing so much interest in, in those potential trade names. And that's why you would see the Rays, even though Rosarena is not, you know, a, a free agent impending, but soon-ish. Um, that's why you're seeing, you know, him out there because the Rays are an organization that understands that you've got to strike when the iron is hot and get the best return you can for these these pieces. And right now there's not much out there. I mean, I mean, let's look at the two the two names you talked about. Um, as free agents and, and Adam Duvall and, and Jock Peterson. Mm -hmm. Those are two guys, when they're hot, they're fantastic, right? They'll go they'll go two weeks and they'll look like a best hitter in the world, and then they'll go four weeks and look like they couldn't hit you know water if they fell out of a boat. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure that's the kind of uh, addition that the Phillies want when we saw what happened in the postseason with another guy like that and, and Castellanos kind of you know, starting out like a ball of fire and then disappearing for, for a while yeah. when, when it mattered. Um, I, I'm not sure you want another guy like that, right? And I think when you look at the Phillies and who, specifically who's making the decisions, you know, Dave Dombrowski, he is not a guy who shies away from the moment, right? And that's why when we talk, when, when you talk about these big names that are out there and you know, I mean, I wouldn't count the Phillies out on any of them. You know, this is just, you know, speculation, but it's it's based on what we've seen. And the thing about Juan Soto, right? And I'm not saying the Phillies can go out and get Juan Soto, but the thing about Juan Soto to remember is everyone's talking about the Yankees and, you know, would they lock him up to an extension? And everyone's talking about the Cubs, would they trade for him if they don't get Otani and lock him up to an extension? If you trade for Juan Soto for one year, that's still a good risk to take. Yeah. <laughs> Especially... Yeah. If you're in position to compete for the World Series like the Phillies are, and I, I, I'm sure Dombrowski looks at Soto and says, if I can add Juan Soto oh. to that lineup, it's worth trading a, a couple of prospects. Because, look, he's not going to get – the Padres aren't going to get as much as they gave the Nationals, right? Right. Because so, there's only one year, not two and a half years left. So if – the Phillies decide that it's worth putting him in that lineup for one October. I mean, if any GM in baseball is going to do that, it's Dave Dombrowski, right? And as a Phillies fan, that has to be exciting. And it's also a little scary because, you know, you look at his history and the players that he traded away to make runs in the postseason um, with his with his previous stops. But, you know, they were successful. The, the, the teams that he had made noise in October. You know, and he's done that already with Philadelphia. So, 
You know, I mean, I think that the price might be too high on a, a Luis Robert just because he has a cup. You know, he has that contract that he's under, and and he has a, a little bit more control. And I'm not sure they would meet that price. But I mean, you could almost look at Soto like not as a bargain. I don't want to say that, but you can look at him as as an opportunity to take a big run at mm-hmm. uh, a, a World Series title. And like I said, if anyone's going to do it, it's it's Dave Dombrowski. Somebody mentioned it to me the other day. Um, Juan Soto is nine months younger than Bryson Stott, uh, which <laughs> yeah. is is mind-blowing, first of all. Yeah. Um, and, and I... I wrote about some of the pros and cons for about you know trading for for Juan Soto for for the good fight this week because I'm surprised at the number of Phillies fans who who don't want him who don't think a it would be worth the cost but there's also a lot of red herrings out there specifically about you know his you know that he's maybe not so good in the clubhouse or that he's not a winner they don't like his body language all this all this kind of stuff and I just you know it's like I just did I did a poll for the good fight as part of this and six in ten Phillies fans said yes they would love to trade for for Juan Soto four and ten are saying no which is just blowing my mind I can't wrap my hand I can't wrap my head around that because like you said this team how many prime years of Bryce Harper do we have left, right? How many prime years of Dre Turner are left? JT Rail Muto, Aaron Nola, Zach Wheel, like the World Series, these guys are gonna be around for a while, but their prime years are, are we think, based on the usual trajectory of major league players' effectiveness, that the prime windows close as you reach, as you go into your 30s. So there's not, this World Series window isn't gaping. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's closing, and so there's two arguments. One, you need your young players to help prop the World Series window open so that it doesn't close on you. But at the other, on the other side of that is, it's Juan freaking Soto. Like, this yeah. guy is one of the two or three best pure hitters in the game right now and if you can add him and put him in left field you don't worry about the defense you, you take the six wins above replacement he's going to give you offensively and 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 take your best crack at it so that i just don't get it yeah i saw that poll you had there i was i was i was with you i was surprised at how many people were were not in favor of that move i mean look you want to prop open windows of contention for a long time. You'd love to do that. The reality is, is it doesn't happen. And sometimes they close a lot faster than you yeah. expect. You know I mean? Remember Juan Soto's team, the Nationals, after they won the 2019 World Series, they thought they were going to be around for a long time, right? They all, they offered, they signed Strasburg to that big, massive contract, which obviously didn't turn out to be a very good idea. Um, they offered Juan Soto this big, massive deal. Um, because they thought that they would be there, and and I'm not look. I'm not saying the Phillies are going with the way the Nationals have. Obviously, that's not going to happen. Um, but a lot of things closed down, and they made the decision to move because they were right on that fence. Look at the Cubs. I mean, they won in 2016, and and how many Cubs fans were saying, okay, well, this is the first of four we're going to get with this group, right? It just didn't happen. Yeah. You know, you, ha- you you know, flags fly forever, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. and you win a World Series title it, it, it matters you know you the, the, they still talk about the, the you know the mike schmidt phillies team that, that won and broke the, the sure. trout and the you know and the, the 08 team that won you know, i mean th- those things those things matter and uh, if you have a chance to do it you know especially again like i'm saying because juan soto would cost a lot but he wouldn't cost everything you know yeah. one year juan soto is not going to decimate uh, an organization a farm system and if they can find the right mix to make it happen, you know, I, it makes sense to me. I mean, I, it would be the biggest non-Otani 
impact move of the offseason. I really, oh, that. I really want it to happen now. I, I really want. It. I don't even. I don't even need the extension. I just give me a. <laughs> yeah, me, that's the thing is you don't like. You don't need like if you're the Yankees and you trade for Juan Soto, and you don't extend him, it's a disaster. If you're the Phillies and you take a legitimate run at a World Series for one year, even if it doesn't work, it was worth the cost. Yeah. I like it. You got me, um, Ryan. You've got me. Fired. I hope. I hope it's got podcast list, the the listeners fired up. Um, one of the names I was really surprised is a couple of the Phillies um, uh, beat writers were talking about the Phil's legitimate interest in Yoshinobu Yamamoto, this uh, this young Japanese yeah. phenom. They they have never sniffed around big money Japanese imports, like these high profile guys that have come across in recent years. And, you know, I, I don't think Philadelphia has been on the radar of any of those players either. You know, it seems it's, there's like five or six teams. It seems like these guys always end up signing with. So I was kind of surprised when it sounded to me like even after signing Aaron Nola, that Dave Dombrowski, the Phillies front office might still be interested in, in this yeah. guy. Where do you think he's going to end up signing and, and what kind of a contract would someone of his ilk get? Well, I think, first of all, the, the thing that surprised me about the Phillies' connection to him was how quickly after the NOLA signing that reporters were tweeting out, they're, they're not out, right? Yeah. Like yeah. It, it, was, it was within hours that they're saying, this doesn't take him out of the Yamamoto sweepstakes. And, you know, I think that that's, again, that's, that's Dave Dombrowski, right? And that's an mm -hmm. owner that's, that wants nothing more in life than to win a World Series and has seen the the shortcomings in you know in the past two years you know with the World Series run obviously being up in the World Series and then uh, losing to the Astros and then seeing how it kind of slipped away against the Diamondbacks and what another elite starter would have done maybe to help um, uh, make that not happen. That said, he's going to get a lot of money. He's <laughs> he's going to get so much money, and I, I'm. I'm you know, I'm not sure that they're going to will be willing to go there because for for some teams, I think the Yankees are in that mix, the Giants are in that mix, maybe even the Red Sox and the, and the Mets. Mm -hmm. Yamamoto represents more than just a number one starter. He represents uh, – uh, he, he is an impact, right? The Giants have looked for uh, their next face of the franchise since Posey retired for, for a while now, right? Yeah. And, you know, they very famously made the run after, you know, Aaron Judge and thought they might have had him. And then they they agreed on principle to a massive deal with Carlos Correa until that fell apart. And, they, and now, you know, you know, John Morosi uh, yesterday, a couple of days ago, tweeted out that the Giants are focused on getting either Yamamoto or Otani, which is great to be focused on that. I'm not sure they're going to get yeah. either of those guys. And quite frankly, I would be surprised if they signed either of those guys. Um, Yamamoto seems more likely because even an overpay for Yamamoto is less than half of what Otani is going to get. So maybe that seems a little more palatable, but I mean, his numbers, his numbers are, are video game comical. What, what he's done in Japan the last couple of years. I mean, just ridiculous. The worst ERA of his time. And, and look, I mean, if you compare, you know, if you're trying to figure out what numbers and you know, Japan mean compared to numbers in, you know, MLB. You know, you can look at, you know, Kodai Senga coming over to the Mets last year. His numbers were really good. He had an ERA his last couple of years um, in Japan and in the high ones, right? You know, one seven, one eight, one nine. Mm. That was his last three years. And he came over and he was fantastic. 
right? He didn't put a sub two ERA, but it was sub three, and his strikeout numbers were really good. Yeah. And you compare that to Yamamoto. Yamamoto's were better. Hmm. The worst, like the worst ERA of his career in Japan was like two three, and that happened when he was eighteen, right? No oh, jeez. Every year since then <laughs> has been under that. He's been under two in I think four of his seven years. The last last year was like one point one six. It's just silly, you know. So I, I think that. And coming over at 25, the way that he is, you know, he's he's four years younger than any significant free agent starter. I guess if you do you count Jack Flaherty, who's 28, is significant, probably not. But you know, he's he's the other youngest guy, right? It's Yamamoto at 25, and then Flaherty at 28. Um, and so I think that's why these teams see him as just a significant addition to boost what has been sagging production performance sagging status um and that's why you might see them go up to uh, i mean north of 200 225 mm. maybe even 210 max scherzer type contract yeah. right seven years 210 i think that's what scherzer got um you, you're you're talking that kind of stuff you know so i, I mean are the phillies willing to go to there do the phillies need to go there no probably not um are they willing to go there maybe but you're going to see teams that are a lot more desperate for what Yamamoto, Yamamoto represents than the Phillies mm-hmm. are. And, and it's fair to also note the Phillies most likely need to prioritize signing Zach Wheeler to a contract extension at some point that's this another, offseason. That's another thing, too. Yeah, they need to lock that down. Don't yeah, let probably can't get, get all that done. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna, that's a lot to ask uh, of John Middleton uh, to, to do yes. both of those things. So um, uh, Shohei Otani rumors. Um Here's a guy I don't think really Phillies fans are expecting to be involved in. They have their DH. I mean, could you figure out a way to have Schwarber do something else somewhere else or whatever and bring Otani? Yes, but very, very, very unlikely the Phillies are in the Shohei Otani sweepstakes, and, and I think we all kind of understand that. Uh, but where do you think he's going to go, and do you think he, do you think it could happen as soon as next week at the winter meetings? I mean, every team in baseball would love for him to sign at the winter meetings, right? Because even if they don't get him, at least they know. And they can allocate yeah. that money other other ways. But, you know, uh, I look, I, I know everyone's talked about Otani and, like, his record-setting contract and how much he's going to get. But I, I have long believed that, that Otani wants to win. And that's the biggest thing. Um, and that's why I've, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, the Mariners are in that conversation. I think even the Braves and Phillies in the same way would be in that conversation. If it's a place that he looks at and says, I can win here every year for the rest of my career. I think that matters so much more than an extra $50 million on his contract. Now, I'm not saying he's going to give anyone a, a bargain, um, but I just think there are more teams that are involved in that mix in his mind than people talk about. But it's, you know, that, that conversation is kind of shifting a little bit, right? You're not seeing the Yankees talked about um, in that breath. You're not really seeing the Mets talked about in, in that same way, the way yeah. that maybe they were a year ago. And that's because people are getting, like, he, he wants to win. Like, I mean, you, you can't watch him and the joy on his face every time he took the mound in the WBC for Japan and think that, you know, that he wants to do anything other than win. Like that's the only thing that matters to him, and I, like it's competing for titles, yes, but it's it's playing games that matter in the standings 
after August 1st. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. is not any, like, and if, if that was ever not true, you know, this, the 2023 year absolutely um, sealed that because, you know, the Angels made the moves. They decided not to trade Otani. They traded for Giolito. They added a couple guys. And then the first week of August was the worst of his career there, you know, in terms of the team winning, losing games that mattered. Yeah. Uh, they fell out, immediately fell out of the race. So, you know, he's going to go somewhere he wins. And I, it wouldn't surprise me to see his signing be a, a little bit surprising, hmm. unless it's with the Dodgers, right? Yeah, the yeah, Dodgers, yeah. The Dodgers offer both, right? They offer yeah. the chance to win every year the rest of his career, and they have the money, right? So yeah. if he signs in, in, in L.A., that makes total sense. Yeah, not at all you know, surprising. People, no, the people talking about, you know, the Angels offering him more money he's staying there no i i i would i wrote this when i you know i kind of did a look at those landing spots like if i was ranking the teams one to 30 and their chances of signing otani the a's would be 30th and the <laughs> angels would be 29th right <laughs> yeah. it's not gonna happen as much yeah. as he liked his time there he liked the comfort level there yeah but he, that's not gonna happen uh, last thing for you, and this is not based on, on Hot Stove, but obviously the Hall of Fame ballots are starting to yes. go out. Um, and I, I wanted to ask you about the fact Chase Utley is going to be um, on the ballot. He's, he's on the ballot for the first time uh, this year. You've also got a couple other Phillies, Jimmy Rollins, Bobby Abreu, who remain on that ballot. What are your thoughts on Utley's candidacy? And, and one of the things that I've been thinking about, does, does Utley's candidacy siphon votes away from his double play partner, Jimmy Rollins, at all? You know, I think in that aspect, if, if anything, it helps. It, it helps Rollins' case because oh, good. you can look at him as, as those two ways. And um, but I'll be honest, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure which way I'm going to go on Ali yet. Um, he is a guy that to me is um, he's right there, right? Obviously. Um, I'm going to subliminally work on this with you, by the way, now over the, <laughs> over the, over these next few years, Ryan, if you're not there this year, that's okay. We'll, we'll work on it together. Well, I'll, I can, I can help. <laughs> his peak is, his peak is phenomenal, right? There's, there's no doubt about it. You know, the, the length of his career and the length of his time as a, a full-time starter um, is some, some of the things that caused me pause, right? Like I, I haven't voted for Andrew Jones. I haven't voted for Todd Helton for kind of those reasons. Um, I, I don't know. I've, I've not, I've not dug in. I've got like the, the week before, you know, the week, a couple weeks before Christmas in December, that's usually when I sit there and I'll, I'll dive deep into everyone. Um, I haven't got that yet. And I'll admit this, this ballot, this, this upcoming ballot is, um, there's, there's going to be a lot of tough, tough choices uh, for me. It's, it's something that's, it, it's fascinating. I love doing it. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of weight there. there. There's no doubt about that. And I have voted for you mentioned Abreu too. I, I have voted for Bobby yeah. every year. I think when you look at the, the the length and the excellence of what he did over the long haul, he's a massively underrated player. And I know a lot of Phillies fans are like, how in the world can you vote for Bobby Abreu and not Chase Utley, right? Because you know of what they were in their peak times in Philadelphia. But yeah, you know, I just think Abreu is a guy that over the length of his career, what he did, you know, the power and speed combinations, the, his numbers are up there with the best to ever do it. Like, and yep. the short list of the best to ever do it. You know, I think he's been massively underrated. 
Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And I, I will admit that I'm a large hall guy. I, I think, you know, I would have guys like Dale Murphy in there. I, I would have put guys, I, I, I think if you were like one of the best at your position for, for a decade, you should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, I'm less a, a Hall of Numbers guy than I am. Like this dude was like a face of baseball for, and, and one of the stars of the game for, for he, he may not have the numbers comparable to some of the other guys, but you know, I'm, that's just my, I don't have a vote obviously, but if I had one, I would probably be, uh, more on the, on the generous side in terms of, of putting players in because, um, I think putting players into the hall of fame is fun. I think there's a lot of really great <laughs> players who, who deserve to be in there. And I don't really care if an older generation or two older generations of writers didn't put similar players in there. That doesn't have anything to do with what's going on to today. And you can always add those players later in these veterans committees. You know, they, they add players in absentia and, you know, decades after they've retired. So, um, that's just kind of how, how I approach the, the Hall of Fame, but totally understand people who look at it a little bit differently. And we'll work on Chase Utley with you, Ryan. We'll, we'll get we'll get you there. Uh, I will. I'll, I'll, I'll help you. I'll help you see it through to the finish line and uh, and, and we'll make it happen. Uh, in the meantime, everybody, make sure you're checking out everything Ryan Fagan is doing over at the Sporting News. You can follow him on the social media. Uh, that's, of course, X at Ryan Fagan. Uh, see all his stuff right there. Let, does, still does a lot of awesome stuff with baseball cards. Uh, we'll have to do a baseball card podcast at some point in the near future future again but ryan really appreciate your time thanks for coming back on hitting season enjoyed it thanks john all right everyone that's going to do it for this edition of hitting season want to remind you all again check out the billypen.com slash hitting season landing page that's where we have all of our billy pen phillies related material of course the good fight is where you can find my writing and also the very good writing the great writing from some of these uh phillies sb nation good fight writers uh, i want to also direct you to our hit and season patreon as well that's where you can find absolutely hammered you can find episodes of the dirty inning there and you just want to go to patreon.com slash hit and season uh, sign up on one of the tiers and you can get all the good stuff there Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time right here on Hitting Season.